Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that has been the theme for the past several weeks as we've talked about the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. kingdom. Come on, everybody say the the kingdom. We want his kingdom to come here. We've been talking about, and this is a theme uh, for our church, is that we do not believe that Jesus Christ came for you and I just to get out of hell and into heaven. That Jesus Christ came that we can live an abundant life as soon as salvation starts. That's what we believe. How many believe that? How many want to walk in that? That happens when we start allowing the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. I want you to turn to Philippians 3. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screens behind me. And this has been one of our, one of our key scriptures that we keep going back to. Philippians 3.20 says, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And there are other passages of scripture that tell us very plainly that at salvation, that God transfers us from the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of darkness, and he places us into the kingdom of heaven, which makes us a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. The old timers used to say, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Anybody know that one? Four people. So I will not continue on singing it. because That would be an awkward quartet. Dwayne Sullivan, you know that one. I want y'all to say hello to Dwayne Sullivan, an incredible musician from Vicksburg, Mississippi right there. Dwayne, we grew up together. He's older than me, I think, so you grew up faster than I did. But Dwayne, I'm so glad you're here today. So as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven is one thing. But the scripture tells us in Colossians 3.17 that we're not just citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. As a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, I live by the laws, I speak the language, I understand the currency. That's what a citizen does. But as as an ambassador, I do more than do those things, I represent those things. I'm not just living life for me. I'm living life so that other people can get a glimpse of kingdom culture through the life that I live. Does that make sense? We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven or the culture of heaven. That's what we are. And so when we talk about culture, there are several things that are a part of that. The three that we're really focusing on uh, over, the, over this, this message theme is the laws, the languages, and the currency. The laws, that's a part of the culture. That's the law of the kingdom of heaven. And we talked about that for a week. And then we went into the languages of the kingdom of heaven. And I spent several weeks on that. And how many would agree I could spend some more weeks on that? Because we all have trouble with our mouth. Amen? Mouth with an F. Mouth. We have trouble with it. But I want to move on today and I want to talk begin uh, this segment of this uh, message theme. I want to talk about the currency of the kingdom. Every culture has its own currency. Every country has its own currency. Japanese have the yen. Mexico, the peso. Uganda, the shilling. Poland, the zlade. have no idea if that's how you say it, but that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, parts of Europe have the euro. Israel has the new shekel. Canada... Canada, they're creative. They call theirs the dollar. 
Any Canadians in the house today? Yeah? Some of my favorite people. Them Canadian folks. Love them. And I'm going to tell you something about the Canadian folks. When Chris and I, we traveled there a good bit. We used to go up and do some conferences and crusades uh, in Canada. It became one of our favorite places to hang out. And if you know anything about uh, the Canadian uh, coins, they have one coin that's worth uh, a Canadian dollar, and they call that the loony. Everybody say the loony. And then somebody was a part of making the, the one for the $2 coin, and they're just brilliant. They called it a toonie. See, how, see what they did there? Just the creative. Can you imagine that? Guys, I have a great idea. We call this the loony. This is worth $2. Get ready for this. We're going to call this one the toonie. And what's funny is I asked them, I said, is that a nickname? Because we're like five bucks. You know, we have nicknames that we call our dollar. And they're like, no, that's, that's the official name. So the Royal Canadian Mint named it the Looney and the Toonie. When we traveled there, Kristen, people would say, do you have a Toonie? She said, no, but I'm always with a Looney. She'd point to me, whatever, okay. And we're still married. It's amazing. We're doing great together. The currency of the kingdom. Are you ready? Come on, I want, to open up, I want to open up your heart today. Because let me tell you what needs to happen in our life. We need transformation. How many would agree with that? Transformation begins by revelation. You have to have a revelation, and then repentance follows that revelation, and that's when transformation happens. I'm believing today, man, woo, don't make me get all Pentecostal on y'all today. I'm believing today that there's some of you that are going to have a revelation today. As I'm speaking, tied in with the word and the prayer that we've put forth and the fasting that we've, we've focused in on this day. I'm believing there are going to be people in this room that are going to have a revelation that's going to bring about repentance that's going to bring about transformation. And repentance is just a new way of living. You have a revelation, you go, whoop, there we go. I'm going to turn and I'm going to live this way. I want to talk about the currency of the kingdom of heaven. What is the currency of heaven? It's not the dollar, it's not the yen. What is the currency of heaven? John 3, 16 says this. And I hear some of y'all shouting it out. Don't get ahead of me, okay? Do not preach before I preach, all right? Lord. And they weren't even at the early service, just bringing it, okay? The currency of the kingdom. Are you ready? You ready for this? I know they are. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The currency of the kingdom is giving. Now, I heard someone say love. Someone said the currency of the kingdom is love. And when I studied this, I went into all kinds of stuff. I started reading about heaven. I'm like, man, they got gold up there. They got jasper. They got pearl. I mean, come on. What's the currency of the kingdom? I mean, there's faith, you know, and there's love. But here's what I found. Love is the motivator behind the currency. You only buy something because you're motivated to buy it, right? I I want that. I'm going to go after that and get that. Or I don't want my lights turned off. I'm going to pay my bill, okay? You're motivated by something to give. Well, what motivated God is love. 
When you look around the hills, you'll see it on most of our branding. You'll see three words, loving, giving, living. Those are not there because they balance the brand out. Those are there because those are the three pillars that we believe God has called us to as a church community. We believe that loving will turn into giving, which turns into living. There's a difference in a love and a so love. Amen? I don't know what you're saying. Well, let me explain it to you, okay? I have, we have people all the time that say, man, I love my city. But they don't love it so much they're willing to volunteer and do something to make it a better city. I love my family, but they don't love it so much that they're willing to invest in their family, spend time with their family. I love my church. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I love the singing and the preaching and the coffee and the everybody's friendly. That's great. But do you love it so much that you're willing to give toward it? Now, um, what I'm talking to is I'm talking about giving. I can see some of you right now just checking out. Bing! Because you think that I'm just going to talk about you giving to this church. All right? As we're talking about giving today, I want you to take the boundaries off, the parameters off, okay? Because giving is not just about you putting money in that bucket that came through. Giving impacts every area of your life. And by the way, we're not here just to have church. We're here to set up the kingdom. Now get that. The church, the only reason for the church is to set up the kingdom. That's why the church is here. That's why God is using the church during this dispensation, this time frame. The church is here so the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. The kingdom of God is going to be set up through the local church. So this is not a church mindset. This is a kingdom mindset, right? And that's what we're talking about. The currency of the kingdom is giving. It's motivated by loving. And once you have a so love, then you give. And once you learn how to give, man, then the living just starts. It moves into abundant, everlasting life. So here's the way I see it in my, my John Ragsdale, Mississippi mind. Okay. This is why I try to figure it out. God looks at the earth and he loves it. It's his creation. And he created it to be in relationship with heaven. God would freely come and walk with Adam in the cool of the garden. There, there was this beautiful relationship and then sin happens and there's this, there's this cutting off. There's this separation between the two. And God now looks at the earth and he longs for it and he loves it and he loves the people that are in it. And he's so motivated and moved by that love and he says, I want to change the culture of earth because the culture of heaven is a lot better than the culture of earth. And so I want to change the culture of earth. Well, the issue with that is that part of the curse on the earth was that you have to pay for what you get. So when Adam sinned, God said to man, to man and woman, he said, pretty much from now on, anything you get, you're going to have to pay for it. That's the curse of the earth. It used to be that Adam could just stroll through and just grab a, I don't know, what, some grapes or whatever it is. Just take them off and that's what you did. It's our, it's our garden. But now, Adam, because of your sin, you're only going to eat because you tilled up the ground. You sweated. You labored. You got blisters. You got some blood in it. Now, when you work, then, then you're going to be able to eat. You see the shift there? It goes from being about relationship to being about works. 
Now, and Eve, you're going to bear children. Come on, all the mamas. Come on. Isn't that your prized possession? The most beautiful thing in the world, right? You're going to bear children. It's going to be so joyous for you. And here's how you're going to do it. Pain. (laughs) What he said, you can read it in Genesis 3. Not right now. I don't trust him. No, read it when you get home, okay? Genesis 3. Come on, all you women. Can I get an amen on the pain? Huh? All you mamas. Can I get an amen on that? Men, just be quiet. We don't know nothing. Just nothing at all. I love how the prophetess Carol Burnett said it. She said, uh, having children is like taking your bottom lip and pulling it over your forehead. That's what having... Ah! So God says, Eve... Because you sinned, now, to get the greatest blessing you've ever had, you're going to suffer for it. And so, God says, I want to change the culture of earth. And what does earth say? Okay, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to pay. If you're going to come here with us, if you're going to change who we are, you've got to pay for it. And God says, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm going to give you my son. There's going to be no bartering here. There's going to be no, God doesn't say for God so loved the world that he leased his son. He rented his son. He let us borrow his son. No, it says he gave his son. Gave. No strings attached. This here you go. I'm taking what I have and I'm giving it to you. God is a giver. How many want to be like God? I'm going to tell you how to be like God quickly. Be a giver. At the essence of who God is, he is a giver. Very first thing he says, let there be light. What does the Bible say? He is light. He gives of himself. He speaks his word. He releases his word and it goes forth. Everything God does is about giving. It is not in his nature to take. He is a giver. That's why he asked that we give him our lives. He's not a taker. He only operates in the currency of giving. Are you getting this today? Look at Romans 8 says, Romans 8 and 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? How many have quoted that scripture before? Love that scripture. Let me tell you why that scripture is so powerful. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God is a giver. If you're taking notes, write this down. God gives extravagantly. How many of y'all like to receive gifts? How many like to get good gifts? How many like extravagant gifts? <laughs> if you have to pick between a gift, a good gift, and an extravagant gift, how many pick extravagant? No? I'll take yours then. <laughs> extravagant. That's how God gives. He didn't go over and pick some kid that he didn't like. Hey, take this one. No. He gave his best. I have two boys. And people say, which one's your favorite? And I say, depending on the day. That's the day. (laughs) Depending on the day. I have two boys. I'm going to tell you right now. I would fight every single one of you for them. I would give away everything I have for them. 
Everything. All of it. And yet, he freely gave. He gives his best. Not just his best, his only. Here you go. Gives it freely. God is a giver. God gives extravagantly. Look at this. Let me just read you this list. Don't try to take notes because I'm going to go fast. God gave his son. That's powerful enough, right? The son gave his life, then gave us new life. Not just new life, but abundant life. Not just abundant life, eternal life. And then he gives us the authority that God gives him because he died and was resurrected. Hands it to us. Gives us all of his power. Gives us the keys to the kingdom. And then gives us the kingdom. Okay, that's good. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Wait, wait, what? The Bible, Acts 2.38 says, it is the Holy Spirit is a gift. You have to fight for it, work for it, pay for it. It's a gift. And then he doesn't just give us the gift of the Spirit. He gives us the gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretations, gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, gift of healing, gift of faith, working of miracles. Boom. All of them. All nine of them. He just gives them. God is a giver. Are you getting it today? God is a giver. God gives extravagantly. And then what did the scripture say? Verse 32, let's read it again. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God doesn't just give extravagantly. God gives, come on, y'all, we just read it. Come on, God gives freely, which is the definition of giving. Freely is the definition of giving. Now, those of you who have been with us for a while, you know I love to get into the Greek and the Hebrew of words. And when you break down the word giving, really break it down into the Greek, Greek and the Hebrew, I mean, you get way down into it. It's a powerful revelation. The word giving, the real definition of it is giving. <laughs> Come on now. that powerful? Now, we giggle about it, but how often do you and I really give freely? Why do you give that aunt a Christmas present? You don't really like her. Come on, just be honest. You just don't want all the commotion that's going on if you don't give her a gift, right? <laughs> giving out a need, giving out husbands. How many of you wash the dishes just to wash the dishes? No way. You're wanting her to notice. I am freely giving you these wash dishes in the hopes that later on... That's not freely... Right? And yet God gives freely. Let me give you a a way to understand that. It's the way I, I understand giving. Giving, true giving, is for me to take it, whatever it is, give it to you, and walk away. And and you, as I turn around, you could literally take that prize possession and crash it on the ground. And if I've really given, 
there's no impact. It's exactly what God did. Freely gave his prized possession. Okay, world, here you go. And what did we do? We beat him, crushed him, bruised him, thorns on his head, nailed him to a cross. And yet God, and me, if you ought to have done that to my children, that would have been it. Wiped all, everybody out, gone, earth gone. <laughs> Just like that. Matter of fact, as soon as he was born, if somebody would have said something about his nose, gone, whole earth out, gone. His nose is a little... <laughs> I will start over now. Amen? But not God. He gives because he gives. There's no strings attached to it. God gives freely. Jesus exemplified this. Look what he says in John 12 and 23. And Jesus replied, now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. Yes. How are you going to do that? I'll tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. So in other words, if you have a seed and you don't give it away, it's just a seed. And how many know a seed doesn't make for a good meal? But if you put it in the ground, give it, release it, its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. That's where that line and kingdom come came from. A seed, a savior, buried in the ground, a beautiful harvest. That's the scriptures where that came from. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. What God is saying is, if you want to understand how the kingdom works, you have to understand giving. And not just giving, but giving extravagantly, giving your best and giving freely. And then look what he tells his disciples. How many want to be a disciple of Jesus? Look what he tells his disciples. As you go, Matthew 10, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And here's what I want you to do. After you proclaim that, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Here we go. Freely you have received, freely give. The kingdom of heaven is near. Yes. What does that mean? That means we give freely what we have received. Has anybody received freely? Come on, can I see a hand today? Or two hands? Come on, some feet? What is it? Just anybody? Has God just lavished his love on you and blessings on us? Yes. And so because of that, if you're going to be a disciple of the kingdom, he asked that we do the same thing, that we give extravagantly and we give freely. The kingdom of heaven has a different currency than the kingdom of earth. You wrote that down, right? Now I want you to write this down. The kingdom currency has a different value than earth currency. Everybody say value. Now, Chris and I just spent a few days away. We went to Mexico. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful four or five days we went and, and uh, had a, just had a blast. It was nice, ready to go back. We'll, we'll just leave here in a minute, okay? You ready? ready? Uh, we, we, got, we had a blast. And so, uh, but I forgot about the currency exchange. So we stopped by. We need to get some souvenirs for some you know, T-shirts for the boys and stuff for moms. And, and we stopped by this place and, and uh, we got everything up. A few things, got 
Kristen got a little something. Uh, I didn't buy anything for myself. Just all focused. Just because I give freely. Just freely giving. <laughs> just, just all her. <laughs> Uh, and so we checked out, and the lady you ran the credit card, and I went to sign it, and it said two thousand dollars. I said, "Oh, two thousand I looked at her, and she said, "Pesos, sir, pesos." Oh, well, it was two thousand pesos was one hundred and four dollars in American, because the value of the currency was different. It's the same thing in kingdom currency and earthly currency. The value is different. Let me explain the value of earthly currency, okay? Okay, let's say that, uh, that, let's say that you, I'm going to buy that necklace from you, okay? For my wife, because I wouldn't ever buy anything just for me, okay? Because I give freely. I would give for her. Let's say I'm going to buy that necklace for you. How much would you charge me for that? Come, your pastor. Come on, would you please? Uh, give me a, can we? All right, so $50 for that necklace. Here's how it would work. This is how value works here, okay? I give you the 50, and you give me the necklace, right? And we've just done that. That's when the transaction happens, correct? Because that's the value system that we have. But look what, look what Jesus says. That they're quoting Jesus in the book of Acts. It said, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So earthly currency is, I'm going to give you something, you give me something. Kingdom currency, the transaction is complete when I give. Not for you to give me back something. The transaction happens as soon as I give. The blessing is in the giving. I'm not blessed because I give. I'm blessed when I give. How many of you have been guilty of giving because you know there's a promise that you're going to be blessed? Raise your hand. That's just leasing. That's investing. That's what that is. And that's not what God's called us to do. God has called us to be a people that we give and don't wait for the blessing. Matter of fact, we give and we trust the Lord for the reward. Matter of fact, I found that if I give to be blessed, it's not really giving. True giving is saying here, I'm not blessed because I give, I'm blessed when I give. Matter of fact, real generosity is giving to give, not giving to get. That's real generosity. And you and I, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, are supposed to use this currency, giving, giving. Now, I'm looking at some of you right now that are not, you're not generous people. And let me say something to you. Okay. For some of us, that's not our personality. It's not a natural gift for us to be generous. All right? Just like for some of you, it's not a natural gift for you to be disciplined. Okay? But that's what the kingdom is all about. That doesn't mean you're not supposed to go after those gifts and attain those. If you and I are going to be like Christ and operate in a kingdom culture, we have to step into a place where we understand what giving is really all about. And not, well, if I have to do it, you got to do it. I put a dime in the meter, you got to put a dime in the meter. Why aren't you doing it? No, that's not giving. Now, next week, we're going to get into relationships. Perfect for Mother's Day, right? And we're going to talk about how do we have kingdom covenant relationships. And I'm going to just tell you the secret. Giving. 
That's what it is. It's all about. Some of you are like, I am not coming next week. You have to. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. You have to be in church on Mother's Day. The value of kingdom currency is different. In earth, you get what you pay for. Right? You get what you pay for because that's the value. And you and I are always trying to get more for less. How many of y'all are looking for a deal every chance you can get it? Uh huh. Okay, what if, if I buy groceries at Kroger, then I get to fill up my gas and I get three, three cents off. Yes, and I got a coupon for a coupon and that's going to save me on this coupon. <laughs> right? How many do that? Nothing wrong with that. But in heaven, the kingdom of heaven, you don't have to look for a deal because the deal is already factored into the currency. Because you and I, Give him our sin and our shame and our pain and our sickness. And he gives us love and joy and healing and forgiveness. It's always a good deal. The value is different. I'm closing. You know what that means? If you've ever been to seminary, you know that when a preacher says I'm closing, it means absolutely nothing, okay? Except they say that when you say I'm closing, that 74% of the audience re-engages. So I just got 74% of you that just re-engaged just then. Get off of Instagram and come back into the message today. Say it with me again. The value of kingdom currency is different. First of all, there's in the transaction. Secondly, you don't have to look for a deal. And thirdly, on earth... Value is based on supply and demand. So if there's not a lot of something, you can charge more for it. When I look at how much demand there is on the earth, we're a void. We always need more, right? I need more house. I need more money. I need more love. I need more likes. I need more followers. I, I need more attention. I need more healing. I need more joy. I need more hope. Man, how can God ever supply that demand? And yet the value of the currency of the kingdom is different because Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. How rich is God? Come on, how rich is God? They use gold for asphalt there. That's how rich God is. Come on, that's a rich God. And a never-ending supply of mercy and grace and comfort and joy and hope. Notice it doesn't say, my God shall supply all of your needs. It says, he will supply all your need. Because God knows what our need is and he supplies it. The law of supply and demand does not work in heaven because there is an endless supply. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to be a citizen of heaven. Anybody want to be a citizen of heaven? Anybody want access to that kind of supply? Oh, come on. That kind of supply. How many like for me to tell you how to get access to that kind of supply? No, four, five, five people. Very simple. Luke 12 and 31. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. 
So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I was raised thinking that God was always hiding blessings from me. And if I finally got to be a good enough seeker, that I would finally find it. Or if I worked enough or was good enough. Come on, is that just me? If I fought hard enough and prayed long enough and served more enough and abstained from that and took on that, then finally God would go, okay, here you go. Take that. No, it's not how it is. He's like, he's like it's, just, it's the Father's great happiness to give you the kingdom. He's just hiding over here. Come on, please, right here, right here. Come around here. Hotter, 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 hotter. Cold, 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 cold. Come here, come here, come here. Right here. Okay, here you go. Just take it. He can't wait to give us the kingdom. How do we get that? Put him first. Put his kingdom first. If you and I can focus on kingdom culture, obey the laws of the kingdom, speak the language of the kingdom, use the currency of the kingdom, then you know what happens? Kingdom comes. I'm going to say that again. How do we allow the kingdom to come? By tomorrow, when I want to obey the laws of earth, I use the laws of the kingdom. And when I do, kingdom comes right where I was. When tomorrow I want to say something that earth would say, and yet I speak something from the language of the kingdom, kingdom comes. And today, when I give with no strings attached, but freely and extravagantly, when I give of my... And some of you, you need to hear this. It's not about you giving that dollar. Some of you, it's about giving your heart. You may be married to someone that you've never given your heart and soul to. They've never seen that part of you. You buy them a new car. You'll make sure that the house is taken care of and the kids are taken care of, but you're not getting this part of me. You want to move into an abundant, beautiful relationship? Be a giver. Every restaurant you walk into, when you're at work, at school, be a person that's saying, what can I give today? Not what can I get, what can I give? Put him, put his kingdom first, and then everything else starts showing up. Just starts showing up. And that's how you become a citizen of heaven. And that's how you become a representative of heaven, by putting the focus on the kingdom. How many receive this word today? Receive it today? Come on. I do. I'll take it. Amen. I'll take it. Here's what I found in 30 years, let's see, 31 years of ministry. 31 years of ministry. By the way, Dwayne heard me preach my first sermon when I was 12 years old. I feel so sorry for you, my friend. 12 years old, began full-time ministry at 17. 31 years, some of y'all are doing the math, I'll be 49, okay? So there you go. 31 years of ministry, I can tell you that these are those kind of messages that marinate and they start hitting you about Tuesday or Wednesday. For me, they hit me Sunday night. Like I'm, It's like a boomerang. I throw it out and then like tonight, it's, okay, could have given a little more. All right, it's just the way it is. But I want you to receive it deep in your heart. Because here's what I believe. I believe that this is a springboard for what God wants to do in our life as a church. I believe we're going to see miracles happen over the next, oh man. 
I believe we're going to see miracles happen over the next seven months because of the revelations that God is teaching us right now. Come on, be a giver. Be a giver. Can I tell you something as a church? As a church, I was going to save this for a little bit. I want to say it. We believe in loving, giving, living, but we're not really completely a generous church. We're a church with some generous people. And that's why we're able to do what we do because there are some people who are generous enough enough to serve, to give. But I'm believing that through this series, we're going to see the 80-20 get flipped upside down. That instead of 20 people doing 80% of the work, there's at least 80% of the people that are doing 100% of the work. Come on. How many believe that today? That doesn't happen by me putting a guilt trip on you. That happens by us having a revelation and repentance and then transformation. Let me pray for you. Close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus, for today. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right where you are? Maybe God is showing you some areas of your life that you you need to, or that He wants you to be more generous in. Maybe you're a giver, but He's asking you to be an extravagant giver, to be a free giver. Maybe that's with your time, your energy, your heart, your emotions, your money. For some of you, it's just going to be to make a commitment to begin tithing to your local church. For some of you that tithe, it's going to be making a commitment of, to give above and beyond. For some of you, it's going to be, I'm going to invest, I'm going to give into this, my kids like I've never given before. They're going to get more of my attention than they've ever had before. What is it for you? If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about something in your world, would you just raise your hand right now? Just something, an area of your life that He's calling you to step up your giving? Awesome. All right, put your hand down. What is your next step today? Maybe it's to be a giver. For some of you, it's to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. To give your life to Him. That's how it all starts. He gave His life for us, and now He asked it. We give our life for Him. Giving it to Him with no strings attached. Here's my life. Here's my heart. Everything I have. For others, maybe you have a relationship with Jesus, but you haven't really been giving freely to that. And you want to recommit your life to Him. Here at the Hills, we call these fresh starts. Whether it's for the first time or whether it's a recommitment, God lets you have a complete do-over, a new life. If that's you today... If you want to make a fresh start with Jesus for the first time or for the first time in a while, would you just raise your hand? Say, I want to make a commitment today. I want to give Jesus my life. Come on, raise your hand today. Let me see it in this place today. Thank you. I see you, sir. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. All right, everybody, let's stand. Come on, open up your eyes. Let's stand. Man. Feel good? Mid-80s today. Come on. Mid-80s. Raise your right hand. I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your gift. And now today, I ask for you to forgive me for being greedy, for being selfish, for doing things my own way. Today, in front of all these people, I give my life to you, my heart to you, my mind to you. 
Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit. And help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and eternal life with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And shout amen.